Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, is there anything cooler than somebody tossing you car keys and then you catch them? That's pretty cool. You know what? There may be cooler things, but that's pretty cool. (laughs) But then why is the least cool thing in the world someone tossing you car keys and you don't catch them? Because it's in a Taylor Swift song. (laughs) Oh, okay. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. This week, we answer your questions. And then we're joined by Megan Gailey and Dr. Chanda Prescott-Weinstein to take on the following. Who is wearing diapers in space? What are your biggest little green flags? And how do you know that somebody is a good person? All this and more right now. Okay, this week we're going to do something really fun for news. I mean, the news is happening, and you know what? Given our luck, I'm sure something huge will happen between now and when the episode comes out on Thursday. I am cursing us, and I apologize in advance for whatever it is that I have called (laughs) into uh, existence. Um, But we're going to do a fun reader Q&A this week. Before we get to that, we have some exciting news. What news? We have exciting news. We're brewing something very exciting. Is it petty? It's petty. Um, We Hmm. can't wait to share more details. All we can say for now is something witchy this way comes. So make sure you sign up to be the first to know at crooked.com slash coffee. This is something that Alyssa and I personally like helped develop. Yeah, we were like involved. (laughs) We were like mad scientists in our little lab with like... Little curly cues and green liquid. Notes, and beans, grounds, you name it. Exactly. Safety goggles, white it coats. Was a, it's, it's a vibe. It was a whole vibe. Um, so this week, like I mentioned, we are going to do an Ask Aaron and Alyssa Anything. We have some uh, listener-submitted questions. And Caroline, our lovely producer, is going to read the questions and Alyssa and I are going to answer. So Caroline, take it away. Okay, so here's the first question. 
what policy issue are we not talking enough about? Um, the way we are talking a lot about climate change, and I think that's really important. But I think collectively, the way that chemicals in our environment harm mm. us is something that we are not talking about a lot about. And the reason that that I think about this is years and years ago, I did a story about um, the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation and about the way that like breast cancer research in a lot of cases only really looks into different ways to treat breast cancer. And very few people are actually looking into the causes of breast cancer. And that's because the causes of breast cancer in a lot of cases are environmental. And a lot of the people that are sponsoring cancer research, quote unquote, are large corporations that have actually introduced chemicals into the environment that are linked to cancer. I don't think we're talking enough about how the environment is making people sick, how it's giving kids asthma, how it's giving like communities of color and people who are low income exposure to chemicals that can lead them to like lower qualities of life. Uh, it really, I really get up. I sound like, yeah, there's chemicals in the air. You know, like the, I sound like Alex Jones being like, water is making the frogs gay. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I really think that what, what is in what we drink and what we eat is making us sick. And there is a reason that we're not looking into it on a massive scale. And that's because moneyed interests benefit from those things not being examined. That's, that's my bugaboo. I'm going to co-sign, I'm going to co-sign that policy issue. I think that that is absolutely correct. And everything that we're seeing happening, <clears throat> everything we're seeing happen in East Palestine is like, you don't want to be like, this is a government cover-up because it's not, but it's like, why is this so hard? Like go in there, clean it up, fix it. People hold Norfolk Southern's feet to the fire. Like it is, um, it is not a, a good day when I watch the news and I agree with J.D. Vance. You know what I'm saying? Don't make that. Don't make that happen. Just <laughs> just don't make that happen. <laughs> Even a broken clock, you know? I know. Twice a day. <laughs> yeah. I have a great follow-up to that question. Um, so do you think these past 10 days, given what's everything that's happened in East Palestine, has that fucked Pete Buttigieg's future political career, someone asks? No, no one's memory's that long. And this isn't nope. his fault. Like, he didn't do this. Uh, these are regulations that have been uh, existed for several administrations. Though, um, I, I would say, I would say that I would have more people from the administration on the ground uh, just showing the people of East Palestine that they care, they hear them. There are going to be so many ap the follow-on effects from what's happened that— um, that they should, I would, I would have, I, I personally might have more of a presence, but I don't think that his, his career is really impacted by this. Yep. I'm going to agree with Alyssa. I don't think that people's memories are that long. And if this is an issue that's actually sticky for people, then I don't think that this issue itself is sticky. I think it might be something that people can use as like a proxy for other problems that they have with Pete Buttigieg that they just don't feel like they can say out loud. And I'm talking about people from the right. Um, I think that, I don't know if it was Dan Pfeiffer that said this. I'm just going to give him credit for it, even if he didn't say it. But like presidential campaigns and like major national, you know, campaigns are basically media campaigns. Mm -hmm. And Pete Buttigieg is really, really great at being on TV. And I think that unless he does something where he is specifically not great at being on TV, that's the kind of thing that can sink a political right. career in the way that people run campaigns right now. Um, I don't think that 
footage not found of him being in East Palestine is going to have the same impact of him right. really like saying something stupid on TV. And I'm and again, I'm not saying that this is how things should be. I'm just calling him how I see him. All right, so hard left. Let's say Hysteria <laughs> did carpool karaoke. Who would be your dream ride along artist or band? <laughs> oh. Um, um hmm. Okay. It would have oh to my be gosh, somebody, this is a hard one. It would have to I be know. somebody. Oh, uh, Adele. I think it would be Adele. She seems like a lot of fun. Adele, I think she seems fun. I would personally, uh, we'd have to have two where Aaron picks one and I pick one, but we both sing with, every, sing with everybody. And I would have to go with the Indigo Girls because you know we'd be able to harmonize. Hmm. Would you I though? I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> Listen, Caroline. Harmonizing is hard. Look, I've taken one vocal lesson when I was 13. Oh. I am always harmonizing with the Indigo Girls in my Subaru, okay? There's it is nothing but harmony in the Subaru. <laughs> you if you're I think if you get a Subaru, an Indigo Girls album is automatically preloaded to the it comes stereo. With. It's like it's like it when that U2 album was preloaded onto the version of <laughs> iTunes and like everybody got mad. You guys, I just want to start singing about the Doctor of Philosophy right now, but I'll 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 restrain <laughs> myself. All okay, right. instead answer my next question, which is, what historical moment would you have wanted to be present at? Hmm. Okay, mine's not really historical. I'm, I'm just going to say the first thing that jumped to my mind. If I could have been present at anything, and it's because I was listening to it this weekend, I would have wanted to be present uh, at the closing of the Winterland Arena in San Francisco when the Grateful Dead uh, played their last show there in December of 1978. Because to me, I'm just, I'm never, I'm never happier than when I'm dancing. And I feel like that would have been a real thing to see. And I know that that might be trite, but it's true. That's how I feel. Hmm. I feel like so many historic moments would have been traumatizing to witness. <laughs> that I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. Stick with a concert. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a concert, maybe. I think um, I think that maybe Mary Lou Retton winning the Olympic gold medal would have been like a wholesome. Oh, that would have been great. Nice moment to be present. Oh, Miracle on Ice. Miracle on Ice <gasps> would have been so You fun. know what? Yes. Do you know that happened on my birthday? Ooh, congratulations. 1980, 1980. I do believe in miracles. Miracle and Ice would be really fun. And um, yeah, I think I think that would have been. Aaron, you know what that great. is? That is the what? biggest green flag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's something like so exhilarating about a sports victory because it's like, okay, you can't like unwin. You go to like the signing of like a treaty and you kind of know what comes next. You know, I nothing can't ever believe. works out perfectly. <laughs> I didn't think of Miracle on Ice. That is, that's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so next question is, who would survive longer in the apocalypse? Eleanor or Midge? Eleanor. To, yeah, Midge doesn't have teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but Eleanor and Midge together would rule the world. Uh, yeah. For sure. 100%. <laughs> oh, Midgey, girl. Sorry I took your teeth out, babe. On purpose? <laughs> no, they were oh. rotten. <laughs> I didn't de defang my cat, Carol. Yeah, she got she made a necklace of cat teeth. That's why she's always wearing that cat tooth. <laughs> she does love her cat. It's just for fashion. 
Um, okay, next question. Um, we got this question actually a lot. Have either of you ever considered running for office, even if it's local? And then kind of a follow-up, Aaron, or Aaron, not Aaron. Alyssa, would you ever consider going back into politics? I have considered running for office. I never would run for office. Um, and I really would prefer to not get back into politics. Why? This is as politics adjacent as I want to get. <laughs> um because I, here's how I feel, and I felt it at the time when I was there, and I feel it even more strongly now. Um, I think that people who participate in politics should really, who are like really affecting change should come in waves. And I had my chance, you know, like I was there, I did it. And I just think that there are people with different and better points of view than I probably have at this point. So I'm happy to, I love to support people who are running. Um I mean, you guys, it's entirely possible that someday you'll just have to call me May or Alyssa because I'll be mayor of my small town um, because I will change my mind. But if I ever did anything, I think it would be hyperlocal. I also have thought about running for office, and that's only because when I was like in high school, I did a lot of running for various offices. Um, I've mentioned this on the show before, but when I was a senior in high school, I was the president of... Uh, the Wisconsin Future Homemakers of America. <laughs> um, badge of pride. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's like a cool organization. It, it is. Had a it had a bad name. When I was there, we changed it. Um, but I learned a lot. I did a lot of public speaking. I did a lot of I, I really enjoyed being a part of like the governance of the organization and stuff. That being said, the only way that I would run for public office now is if my daughter were, once she's grown up and out of the house, I, mm -hmm. I really admire people who are able to run for office when they have small children at home. I have been working on the internet, around the internet for so long that I know how shitty people can be. And part of the reason that I've kind of like dialed back my social media presence since I had a daughter and just like kept it to my sub stack or like tried to be very selective is because people get, people are so ugly and awful mm -hmm. online. And I would not ever want my kid to be treated differently because her mom was a politician. Um, and mm -hmm. so that's, yeah. So that's like, I, right now, like it, it sounds it seems like it would be a lot, um, but I would Pelosi it, if anything. And I don't mean become the Speaker of the House because there's never going to be another Nancy Pelosi when it comes to that. I mean, wait until my kids are out of the house um, and then maybe revisit. So that's I mean, that's and let me just say, if you decide to revisit, I'll be a campaign manager. <laughs> oh, really? So I guess you oh, didn't yes. just have your time. You would come no, back I, for the right. No, only, only, only to help support my ride or sure. die over here. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, also the the only I would I would probably want to move back to Wisconsin and be there mm -hmm. for like a good a good decade and reacquaint myself with like the lay of the land and everything because I think California is pretty good when it comes to like left leaning politicians. I think Wisconsin probably needs to help more uh, than than California does. I would mm -hmm. I would want to like go help the Michiganing of Wisconsin if that makes any sense. Yes, iconic. Okay, so we got a few variations of these this kind of question too. Alyssa, what was your favorite trip while mm. working in the White House? Slash, what's like the silliest, most fun, weirdest thing to happen when you were in the White House? Favorite trip. Favorite trip. Um, okay, favorite trip, I think, was when we went from Saudi Arabia to Egypt to Germany. It was like... 
We stayed at King Abdullah's farm. They spray painted the grass green. It was super weird. We got jewels. I mean, it's like nobody could sleep because weird men just like walked into your room. It was so strange. And I I literally walked into Rahm Emanuel, who was chief of staff at the time. And he, um, we, he, everybody had like these villas that they stayed in. I mean, they weren't that nice. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Ram, we were in Ram and I walked in and I was like, you know, everything's bugged. They're listening to us. And he was like, Alyssa, yes, everyone's listening, <laughs> like pointing up to the ceiling. So I was like, oh, I guess it's everywhere, huh? Um, and then we went to Egypt and I went to the we went to the pyramids. And I have to say 10 out of 10 experience going to the pyramids. And then we went to Germany and I'd never been to Germany before. And so I would say those were that was probably the most fun. Also, <laughs> when the president goes to the pyramids, no, when the president goes to the pyramids, not everyone can go with him. So I didn't go with him. We took like, he went first and we went after him. And be- while he was there, we went on some sort of like booze cruise down the Nile. <laughs> Wait, so he weirdest. went into the pyramids by, Potus went into the pyramids by himself? He went with like a smaller group of people and then more staff got, who wanted to oh. go went as like a second wave type thing. Um, That's some Illuminati stuff, Alyssa. That that was uh, <laughs> the pyramids. The pyramids were some were a sight to behold. And then what was the weirdest? I mean, the weirdest thing that happened. I mean, I don't know if it's weird or sad. It might be sad. Um, is like I basically got stuck on the Great Wall of China because I had vertigo and I didn't know the Great Wall of China was really stairs. Did you guys know that? Yeah. It's like America's next top model taught me that. Yeah. Well, I got (laughs) up there and I just froze. And so uh, my two of my deputies had to hold my hand going back down. Oh, I know. So that was it. I can't think. Yeah, no, that might be. They're probably weirder things, but that one's the one that comes to mind. It was more sad. I got stuck. I love that it's Saudi Arabia, Egypt and Germany. Um, Okay. (laughs) There was a there was um as a matter of fact, Caroline, the threat of the trip was religious tolerance. Hmm. Yeah, who's the asshole now, Caroline? <laughs> well, I'm yeah, sorry, Caroline, Germany just felt like somewhat somewhat random, but okay. Uh but- <laughs> Holocaust. <laughs> um, okay, Aaron, how did you make the transition to writing from the corporate world? Uh okay, well, this is kind of a wacky story. Um I was, uh, this was like 2008. I started reading a website called Jezebel because it was lit during the 2008 primary season. It was 100% wild. The comments were wild. It was like warring factions of like really smart, well-read, funny women having straight up commenting wars about Hillary versus Obama. And I started reading the website and the comment section because I was like, this is so entertaining. Um, And then gradually I started commenting on the website. I really hated my job, but I really needed the insurance. And eventually, and they used to do this thing called comment of the day. And I was like, always getting comments of the day. And then (laughs) it's so stupid. Um, But eventually the editor of the website uh, asked me if um, I would consider writing for them on weekends. And I was like, yes. And I got paid $100 to work a Sunday shift, which required me to wake up at like six in the morning and write like 10 posts. It was sweatshop, like digital sweatshop (laughs) type labor. 
Um, but I did that because I loved it so much. It was so much fun. Um, and then after about a year of doing that, I was like, you know what? I like doing writing more than I like than I, I, I want to be a writer. And I don't really care if it means that I have to, it was like, I reached the end of my ability to tolerate working in a corporate environment. And so I, on a whim, not on a whim, but I was like, okay, on my birthday, I booked a flight to New York and I was like, told the editor in chief, like, hey, I'm going to be in New York next week. Let's get lunch. And when we got lunch, I was like, I want you to hire me full time. I want you to hire me full-time. Please hire me full-time. And she was like, uh, okay, well, I'm going to see what I can do. And then a week later, I got a call from them that was like, do you want to work for us full-time? So here's like the fun part of that story. Uh, I was working at Merrill Lynch at the time. This was 2011. And I went to my boss and I asked him to lay me off without telling him that I got a new job. I just was like, because like, fuck Merrill Lynch, right? So I, I went in and I was like, remember how I cried during my mid-year review? And like, I hate, you know how I hate working here. Um, and I know that you guys are doing layoffs. So why don't you lay me off? Like, I'm not going to quit, but like, why don't you lay me off? And now you don't have to lay someone else off. And they were like, okay, cool. So they laid me off. They threw a party for me and I got like severance and a new job. And I used the severance to like pay for me to like move all my stuff to New York like six months later. So um, that's, that how I did, that's how I did Corporate jiggery pokery in the best I, way. But you know what? You know what? I think, yeah, fuck Merrill Lynch. Fuck big banks. Fuck Bank of America. Um, <laughs> I did what I had to do and I have no regrets. Into it. All right. Next question. Um, is there value to having a reasonable Republican party? Or should the party go the way of the dodo? I definitely think there's I I definitely I mean, I believe in a two party system. I mean, I there can be more parties even, but I definitely think that there is value in everyone's ideas being debated and people should have their representatives like if, I, I don't think everyone should think the same. And so do I wish more people thought like me? Sure. But I, I'm definitely pro a non whack job Republican Party. So I think at this point, Alyssa and mm -hmm. listeners and Caroline, um, I think at this point, it's sort of a question of like, okay, let's say, let's say you have like this piece, this, this like chair that your grandma gave you and it's like an ugly chair, but you've had it for a really long time. And like, you've always put it in the room that you use the least, but it's there and you can use it and it like works, you know? And one day you notice like a termite, a termite in your grandma's chair and you're like, oh, there's a termite. I think, and then like, you're like, okay, well, I still think that I deserve to have this chair. This chair is still like a nice chair. It still works. And then like a couple days later, you come in and the thing is like infested with termite, termites and it's like gonna infest your house. And you just like, at this point, the Republican Party is a termite infested chair. So maybe, the, maybe you can get a new chair and put it where that old chair was. But the current Republican Party is a oh I agree I agree is, with that. is like I, just, I think they I, should I think make it, themselves over. I think it's unsalvageable. I don't think there's any reupholstering this Republican Party. I think what needs to happen is people that consider themselves reasonable and actually I and I think that there are some conservative principles that are worthy of being in the discussion. And I'm not talking about 
like socially conservative. I'm talking, you know, I'm talking about like policy wise, there are some more conservative policy choices that deserve to be a part of the debate. But I don't think that the current Republican Party is anything more than a termite infested chair. And we got to get it out of the house and get a new chair. Otherwise, this whole fucking thing is going to get eaten up and we're going to have bugs everywhere. It's going to be gross. Well, I don't want bugs. No, nobody does. Get them out of here. Okay. My last question for the both of you. Erin, you semi-answered this, but I want to hear from Melissa and maybe you have another story. What particular incident Hmm. made you both realize you were each other's ride or dies? (laughs) What particular incident? I mean, honestly, I think it was when we first met. Like, I just... It was it was it was like immediate. Like I just knew. And also there was there are people who leap to action. Like there are people who have a fierce urgency, and then there are people who don't have a fierce urgency. Caroline, I would put you in the fierce urgency category as well. So this is also on you. But when Aaron and I were like, remember Trump said of Senator Gillibrand that she got on her knees and begged him for money back when she was running for Senate. And it was this like veiled this veiled like blowjobby thing that he was trying to say not really veiled and, veiled no like i know but handkerchief. i mean it's like i uh, and erin and i we texted and we were like should we get her on and then we texted senator gillibrand and like 45 minutes later erin and i were like on our way to the cadence studio in on the upper east side or upper west side wherever that was and we were just like i the thing i think is that i don't think it's uh I don't think it's common for people to be able to do joint interviews the way that we do. And I think it takes like a special bond. How do you like that? But it was from the very beginning, I think. Yeah, it was definitely from the beginning. I think I like the the there's another thing that I'm going to bring up that was okay. a huge green flag since we're talking about green flags this week. Um, okay. But there was another time um, when I like early in the show, maybe like less than a year in, um, I went on a trip to Italy with Josh and we got engaged on the trip. And when I came back, my cat was like on her deathbed. And Alyssa was like a cat doula for me. She was like (laughs) telling me, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And it like, I was able to get Eleanor to not die. She's still around like four years later. She's still around four years. She's 18 years old now. Um, I know. I I taught myself how to like, I think you told me to go to the vet and like have them teach me how to like give her subcutaneous fluid. Yeah. And I did. Because. And like, it worked. It worked. You helped me like save my cat's life. And Eleanor. I was like, here is the list of things that Josh needs to get at PetSmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was just like, you didn't need, it was one of those things you didn't need to do any of that, but you took so much time and you took so much energy in like helping save this like dumb little cat. Um, you know and it why? was like, why? Because I love you. Oh, thanks. You too, Caroline. I'd love you more if you had your beret on though. It's in the other room. <laughs> I love you too. that's a motive i'm overcome (laughs) all right end end of questions aaron and Alyssa. i will let you finish this segment however you want awesome (laughs) well we got a lot of really good questions and i think we're gonna actually we have some leftovers that the next time we have a q a episode we can get to yes Um, definitely 
But thank you all for submitting questions. We got a lot and we had a lot of fun answering them. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk green flags. So stick around. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. To, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle. Which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very like on a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a oh yeah. You've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm gonna just like lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah, perfect, perfect for couch napping. 
joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. And welcome back to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. Alyssa, do you want to know the first time I was like green flag with you? When? Okay, so immediately, first of all, I liked you immediately. But there was one thing where I was like, I think this person and I are going to be friends for a very long time. And that was when we were recording, about to record a show. It was a sound check for a show. And it was like they were working on somebody else's mics. And you were off on the side of the stage, dancing in a little circle, completely by yourself, with absolutely no regard for, like, you were just, like, enjoying the music that was, like, playing over the loudspeaker. And I was It'll like, happen when it happens, right? It all like, comes together. It's like, this chick is awesome. We are going to be friends for a really long time. Forever. Forever. In- indeed. Um, so this week, we're going to talk about green flags and the ways that we can kind of pick out whether people are good people or not, because there's a lot of like artifice out there and then there's like moments of genuine like, oh, this person's good. So we've got a really fun panel to talk about this today. Up first, she is the queen of podcasts. I'm just reading, I'm just reading the bio. Um, She is officially the queen of podcasts. First time I'm learning about it. Congratulations on your coronation. She hosts a, uh, she hosts I Love a Lifetime movie and Megan Fun of Sports. Megan Gailey, welcome to Hysteria. Hello, and I did not steal any land to become the queen of podcasts. It just sort of <laughs> um, came on to me without any colonialism. So that's just, amazing. <laughs> so it's just like dressing cute and like greeting children who are giving you bouquets of flowers and stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Amazing. Um, wearing like sweatshirts with shorts as you're leaving the gym, Princess Diana style. Listen, I have a sweater and leggings on right now, which is the queen of podcast uniform. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Uh, I will be following your lead, my queen. Uh, this returning <laughs> guest is a literal astrophysicist and feminist theorist. Her book, The Disordered Cosmos, A Journey into Dark Matter, Space Time, and Dreams Deferred, is available now. Welcome back to the pod, Dr. Shonda Prescott-Weinstein. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so glad to have you back. How have you been? How's space? You know, space is getting a little bit busy outside of Earth's <laughs> orbit because people keep launching these fucking satellite constellations. <laughs> and um, the night sky is getting a little bit blighted by our least favorite um, corporate peoples out there. So a little bit stressed, honestly, about the state of space. <laughs> is the space food good? Those pouches? I've always wondered. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Do you, I, think, I, I don't think so. Well, at least when the billionaires are going to space, they're eating bad food, right? And, and they're not yeah, diapers. diapers. Good. And they're wearing diapers. Yeah. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. How? I'm. I just have oh, to yeah. refer everyone to Ashley Shu, who's like this amazing um, disability studies scholar who talks about the problem of poop in space. It totally what? revolutionized my thinking, the problem of poop in space. Wait. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you give us you guys, a quick... Guys, I can never go to space. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. The problem is, like, like solid waste being introduced into space that is, like, wh what's the pro Can you, like... You don't think about the fact that, like, when you use the toilet, right? Like, everything goes down because of gravity. Yeah. Right. And... When you're in very low gravity, there's no reason for it to go down. And so, oh like, it, it actually, like, is – you can read any book that talks in any serious way about the experiences of astronauts talks about, like, floaters, floaters, but, like, actual oh. floaters in space. <laughs> like, was one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind taken by a man – or by a man wearing a diaper? Yes, I think so. <laughs> Oh my God! The, my my world has been rocked. Blown it's, apart. Yeah, it's, it's humbling for them, yeah. you know, because I hear a diaper and I go, "Oh yeah, I could do that." I think that's the one part of space hmm. that I'd be into. <laughs> I mean, a I diaper. Think the thing that was revolutionary for me was being on a panel with Ashley Shu, and she was talking about how there are all these prohibitions about having disabled people in space, and she was pointing out that people who have colostomy bags are actually more ideal astronauts because they already have a mechanism for dealing with where yeah. the waste wow. goes. Wow. And when you're ableist, you don't think in those terms. And that's uh -huh. like an example of how ableism limits our creativity and our technical thinking. That's wow. so interesting. Okay, so that's like a green flag, a person who whose mind is open enough to see that, you know, the ways that we view established ways of doing things maybe are informed by problematic structures. Um, so let's, like, get into green flags, because I think this is a fun topic. Um, Megan, I feel like you have really strong opinions on this. Like, when you... What is a, an automatic green flag that you see? If you see somebody that you don't know very well and you see them do one thing. What is that thing that makes you think, I think this person's a good person? 
now being out in the world, especially Los Angeles, with a baby, and LA hates babies. This is a dog town, and we (laughs) had babies in a dog town. Big mistake. And so when I'm out in the world with my child, and I have, you know, he really doesn't like the sun in his eyes. So sometimes I'll put one of those gauzy little things over the stroller. If someone is like, pick it up, let me see. I go, that's a good person. Um, you know, they they want like a they want like a little baby peep show. I'm like, yes, I like you. And if someone ignores my baby, I, I go, nope, not good. Because it's like in the year of 2023, when there's so many terrible things in the world, who doesn't want to look at a cute baby they don't need to take care of? Like, it's not like I'm like, here, take him. He's going to put on an astronaut diaper. He's going to drool <laughs> on you. But to look at a baby that you are not in, in charge of in any capacity, I think that's an endorphin booster. And if you don't want that, then I don't want to be a part of your life. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Shonda, what's a green flag for you? What's like a small thing you can see someone do in public that you're like, yep, I like that person? I mean, like, look, if they've read my book and they start tweeting about how great it is, like Aaron, <laughs> I was like, Aaron's clearly fucking cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's how we met. I read your book and I was like, this book is awesome. And it's like rocking my face off. And then now we text each other about reality TV sometimes. So there you go. It's interesting, actually. Like, the examples that come up for me are all ones that involve, like, early stages with my spouse. Um, But, Mm -hmm. for example, um, he made a comment to me, like, on our first date about, like, straight people not understanding um, sex in the right way. And that, like, uh, certain things counted as sex, even though straight people sometimes didn't think they were sex. And I was like, yes, that's right. And I don't know if he was like, I had just, I had gotten divorced a couple of years before from a woman. And so, like, this was kind of a green flag for me. But people who could understand that, like, the world is bigger than their little experience, I think that that was, that was a big one for me. Hmm. Uh, Alyssa, how about you? What are some green flags for you? You guys, my green flags are very uh, grocery store centric. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you are the kind of person who has a shit ton of groceries and you don't start packing your own bags, you're just like standing there watching, waiting for the salesperson to start packing your bags. You're not a good person. You're not mm-hmm. a good person. Pack your bags. Mm-hmm. Return your cart. Thank Help- you. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, how hard is it? Return your cart. And some people can't return your, their carts, and it's hard for them. So you know what? The people who go out of their way to return other people's carts, even better people. Um, let's see what else in the grocery store. Those are big ones. Helping uh, older uh, older people oh, yeah. with anything, reaching things for them, helping them load their groceries in the car. It's like basically I think it comes down to like anyone who will take an extra five minutes to do something that's not benefiting them in any way, I think is a green flag. Mm-hmm. I saw a real parallel too between like, I was like, there's people that return their carts and there's people that don't. And and I felt like there was a parallel there for mask wearing too. Mm-hmm. of just like And, and the kind of bumper stickers on the back of their car. Yeah, you're willing to do, I would also throw in the grocery category because I love the grocery store. It's truly me too. to me. me too. It's a sacred, yes, lovely same. place. And I want to chat. If you have a, full cart and there's someone with two items behind you, let them go in let front of you. Let them go ahead of you. Let them go in front of you. 
Let, let them, them go, go in front, front of you. Could they go to self-checkout? Maybe, but maybe they don't know how to work it. Okay. Yeah. So just let the, uh, like, it, the grocery store, especially in the middle of the day, is mostly old people. And it's like, let's all have a great time. All right? Mm-hmm. Let's be bopping to our soft pop that they're blaring. Um, it's chilly in there. And and let's have a good, make it a club-like experience, you know? Yeah. Megan, you know what I learned recently, or I put the pieces together recently. So have you noticed that, like, all of the grocery store music lately has been, like, fully stuff from when we were in high school or yes. like middle school, high school. It's because a lot yes. of licenses, uh, a lot of songs are easier to license after 25 years. So it's been 25 years since these songs. have been. So now these are like our prime growing up songs. Uh, Shonda, you and I are the same age. So it's like the stuff that was like on the radio when we were in like middle and we're high jamming. school now. We're jamming. I'm like, yes, That's- get... Let's have Usher on at Vaughn's. And I've reached the age now, too, where I am singing to myself. Like, out out on walks with my son singing, at the grocery store singing. If I hear a jam, I, I'm going to let you know I like it. Not loud. Oh. I'm not singing loud. But I'm like, you know, you can see my lips going. Oh, a person singing to their companion, green flag. Green flag. Thank I you. Think. Okay, great. I think that's really <laughs> sweet. I, I was going back and forth about whether I should confess this, but I don't go to the grocery store. What? <laughs> Why? This is like, I don't know. This is like maybe a red flag for everybody here. They're like, we're never having her on again. <laughs> no. I am. That's just not the division of labor in my household. So my spouse is the one who does like all the grocery store shopping. And also actually because we live in freaking New Hampshire, we get farm food delivered to our front door by actual wow. farmers. Oh, you have a CSA. That's yeah. amazing. But it's like um, I- we get to choose what goes in the order. So it's not even like they just throw something at us. Like we put in our order and then they bring us milk and whatever vegetables and fresh made pasta and bread and eggs. It's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. I picture you living in the Richard Scarry town where there's like a little worm in a hat driving a carrot car. I bringing- love little bear, <laughs> little bear. <laughs> Um, you know, it's something, uh, speaking of the grocery store, I think that's because, um, it's one of the places where we are most likely to be around people that we don't choose to be. It's, it's very much a a mix of like everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. one time I was with uh, my daughter in, uh, she was riding in the cart and I was like bringing her out to the parking lot and the parking lot has like, it's just, it's LA. And so the parking lots are kind of built sideways and whatever. And I was kind of like holding the cart with one foot and loading stuff with the other hand. I had a handle on it, but it was tricky. And this guy runs across the parking lot. And at first I was like, there's a man running at me. I don't know if I like this. But he got closer and I saw he was wearing a Bell and Sebastian t-shirt. And I was like, this is a gentleman. (laughs) This man is gentle and he means no harm. And he was like, can I help you with Can I like hold the cart? Can I do? And he like helped me. He like didn't have to do that. But he saw that I was like, you know, sort of could have used a little helping hand and he and he helped me. And I was like, that's so nice. He he could have just not done anything. I find that so, so shocking that it was a man because when I lived in New York <laughs> and there would be moms bringing strollers onto the subway, it was only a ever women helping to carry the strollers down. And it would be like women who also had a child with them. And I'm like, what is what world are we living in right now? And what world are we living in that subways don't all have elevators and escalators? I mean, it's like it is so hard to navigate the subways if you don't, if you are not, you know. A lot of the elevators have poop in them. And so I think that's right. You know what? Yes, you're right. 
That's a yellow flag um, <laughs> That's a, to go, well, you know, I know there's limited places to poop, but we all know about the Barnes & Noble in Union Square. Let's pop up there. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I was actually just going to mention that I feel like music is a big source of green flags, right? Like the Mm. fact that you saw the Bell and Sebastian shirt and you were like, oh, he's probably Mm -hmm. like, okay. (laughs) He's probably nice. Right. Not a guarantee, but I do actually think like, uh, for example, again, another one with my spouse was that he was a really big fan of Girl Talk. And like not everybody knows the DJ, like Girl Talk and knows those I love Girl Talk. Right. But those are like fucking amazing. You meet someone who's into that and you're like, yes, you're cool. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you're, you're, we, we, can, we can hang. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Girl Talk throws me back to like New Year's Eve 2009. They, they did a set in Chicago and it was like really fun. It was really fun. Um, okay. So let's, let's move on. Like on a larger, I guess to a larger point. What do you think makes somebody like what do these green flags indicate? Like what do you think makes a person a good person? I think Alyssa, you kind of have a lot of theories on that 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 stem from helping. I would love to hear you talk more about it. I feel like macro signs are people who are doing things that don't directly benefit themselves, you know, people who are taking the time to help, people who are like curious people who are open-minded. I think if like curious people, open-minded people, like if you meet someone who is, who you have choices when you meet someone, right? You can prejudge them or you can lead with curiosity. And I think people who just fundamentally live their lives by like leading with curiosity, there's just something good in them because that's going to take time, right? That takes, it's, it's, it takes more time to get to know someone by asking them a bunch of questions than it does to be like, eh, she doesn't look like my cup of tea. You know, that's, that to me is um, people who take time. I think that's a, that's a through line, people who take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think another green flag that I, you know, talk about like the beginning of relationships when I met my husband on our second date, um, he, we were at like a restaurant and we had a reservation and, um, they were like not ready for us. And they were sort of like disorganized and he like let them know that we were there. And I think they just kind of like forgot about us. And he went and like reminded them that we were there in a way that was like assertive, but polite. It was like perfectly Mm -hmm. walked the line where it was like, oh, he stood up for us without being a dick to the people that were working. Like he kind of, and I was just like, I don't know. That was so, that was so like manly to me. I was oh. like, I love that. Like, I, <laughs> wow. I mean, as a, as a straight lady, I was like, oh, a guy who can like say what he needs without being pushy or a jerk. And it just felt like, it just was like green flag to me, green flag mm-hmm. city to me. Um, I think that part of, what I look for when I think of a a person being a good person or not is a person who is doing something without knowing they're being watched. And I know that sounds very like Mm -hmm. voyeuristic, but like, you know, watching somebody, I'm, I'm in my car getting situated and I see somebody who isn't being watched or doing it in front of somebody else, pick the cart up from behind somebody else's car and return it with their own cart, you know, or I see somebody who doesn't know that they're being watched 
put it, put some litter in the garbage on the side of the, the road. You know, Alyssa, you're nodding. No, I was going to say it's like we have uh, where I live, we have all these community fridges. And the one post I will try to do is when the fridge is empty. Be like, hey, I just stopped the fridge and it's empty. So people would go fill it. But the people who fill it and then take a selfie of the fact that they filled the fridge, it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what filling the community fridge is about. It's not like, give me my gold star. I brought mm-hmm. canned tomatoes today. Mm-hmm. Um so that's it's the same thing though. It's like it's like there's there's when you know no one's watching and then also when you're like not posting it for credit. Yeah, totally. Well, who boy. I I feel like Oh the- no. Are you a community fridge poster, Megan? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. It felt like you were about to meet a culp or something. That's all. I'm no, saying. no, totally. <laughs> I, listen, I I have done volunteer work in my life that you can't post about because it'd be a HIPAA violation. Okay. So who's the yes, hero? Yes, you have. You're um, the hero. I, I think um I, I think like the emotion or, or sort of the general thing that I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of this is empathy and being able to place yourself, um, maybe not even, but just go, oh, they are dealing with a different set of circumstances. And, and I think empathy is really lacking like top down in this country, (laughs) truly, because you go, well, that doesn't affect me. And I, I feel like politics, politicians, especially, and it's like, Oh, but it does affect a lot of other people. And and you're in a set of circumstances where that may not matter to you. But to have no regard for anyone else is just so basic. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like a really and, – and they they teach it to children. So I don't know at what point it gets lost because I hear Miss Rachel talking about it. So <laughs> there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect from 18 months to 75. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think Ayanna Presley, and I'm 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 paraphrasing here, but she has a quote that's like the people closest to the pain should also be close to the power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that just rarely happens. The people that are affected the most by you know top down lack of empathy are not the ones that are allowed to make any decisions. Um, Shonda, I wonder ab- about like green flags and uh, the way that we relate to public figures. Speaking of Ayanna Presley, um, is there somebody that you've never met before, but the way that they act, you're just like, I just know that this person is a good person. And you have no like insider info, but you're like, I just feel in my bones because of how, because of their their public presence that they must be nice. Yeah, I don't know if this counts as like a public figure, but I watched the Murdoch uh, documentary, the Murdoch Murders documentary on Netflix yesterday. And I'm, you know, the the young woman who, who died in the boating accident, Mallory, her boyfriend, I think his name is Anthony. Uh, you just have this feeling of listening to him talk and watching him talk that he is like a good soul, like that that's, that's a good guy. Um, that w- and that was the comment that I made to my spouse while we were watching. That said, I have to have the caveat that, like, you know, I was watching the entire show and I was like, these people have no friends of color and they're in South Carolina. And so <laughs> I have to say I'm at the point of cynicism where I'm always like, in this context, that person seems like a good egg. But I kind of wonder if, like, confronted with having to deal with racism, how would they handle it? If confronted with how to deal with, um, you know, homophobia or transphobia, how would they handle it? 
I'm like super cynical. <laughs> but I think, and I'm also, you know, I, I'm 40 now. And so part of what I've been thinking about as we've been having this conversation is that actually we're at an age where people aren't necessarily making a lot of new friends, right? And and actually making friends can can be challenging for various reasons. Um, people are busy, people are dealing with young children. Like there are lots of good reasons for it. So it's not like a negative comment on anyone. Um and and so I realized that like maybe I haven't even updated my green flag list <laughs> because I haven't been like going out and like meeting new people so much. That's really interesting. There was a piece I think in New York Magazine or there was some one of those like pieces that like led to a lot of chatter where it was talking about how it was good to have a partner who was, like, not online very much, who, like, didn't post. Like, the ideal man is someone who, like, doesn't post. Megan is shaking her head. I, I have to say, have I, that. I, I have to no, say. No, I'm saying I don't have that. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say for me, like, a person who is just their, their web presence compared to, I mean, I'm this is ironic coming from me, but somebody whose web mm-hmm. presence is pretty muted and they're, like, not extremely online and they're not, like, in people's DMs. And if I'm... You know, if I start talking about some nonsense that's happening completely and entirely within this little square that I can hold, mm-hmm. uh, and and they look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about, that's kind of a green flag for me. Not that the <laughs> opposite is a red flag, but, like, I think that it's just good for me to have people in my life that are like, hey, I don't care about the mm-hmm. <laughs> about the internet. But to that point, aren't there people that you enjoy in person and cannot stand their online presence? Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, I really like them. I wish they didn't do this online. So it's like there's almost a different set of green flag rules for in-person interactions and online interactions. Okay, Megan, more to come about that. More to come in petty for me. I definitely decided that there's like with with online as someone who's online a lot, right, there's really, like, no winning also. Because, like, for example, when I try to take breaks from being online, then I get all the text messages and DMs and stuff that I'm getting. And then I get the notifications by email that are like, can you post this? Can you post this? And then it's like, oh, well, she wasn't online, like, posting that. Like, why wasn't, why won't she post the thing that I asked her to post? This thing is, like, really important. Then if you are on and you're posting things, people are like, oh, she's online all the time or like I didn't like her. There's this like no winning, I think. And so I have I have to say, like I came into this like just a couple of hours ago, we got um, the news in the black and STEM community that the one of the leaders of black and chemistry passed away a few days ago. And um, yeah, and she was an, an extraordinary young woman, a rising star, Um. Carolyn Bertuzzi, who just won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, des- described her as a superstar that we have lost. I am um, Sammy Mensa, and I'm. Um, it's definitely on my mind at this very moment how much pressure there is on people who are public or in leading roles of any way that the expectations 360. There's someone who's going to be upset with you no matter what direction you go in. Including, like, if you're just your in-person self online, then people are like, why isn't she using her platform? And then if you are using your platform too much, people are like, oh, she's so much extra online than she is in person. Um, so that's, like, super on my mind right now that, like, it's it's a hard balancing act. Um, and especially there's, like, a number 
line that you cross when you have a certain number of people paying attention to you where it completely changes in terms of how people interpret you um, mm-hmm. and what counts as a green flag and what counts as a red flag. I find that like generally, like personally, really psychologically confusing, like to <laughs> say the least. Yeah, I think, you know what's interesting? I think my theory behind that is there's a certain number of people that you can get to follow you because they like you. And then once enough people like you, people will start to pay attention to you because a bunch of people like you, not because they like you themselves. And so like that second wave of people that pay attention to what you're doing, what you're doing are a lot more critical than wave one, because a lot of times they're paying attention and being like, why does everybody care about this person? And they're sort of like prejudiced to think that what they weren't paying attention to before was fine. Like, oh, okay, this person, you know, and then the third wave is like hate follows. I think that what (laughs) Megan was talking, I know there are Hmm. people, because like once you get popular enough, people just follow you to like, once you get- people are not okay. Can we just say the hate followers? Yeah. Like just block someone that you don't like. Block them. You never have to- Or just ignore them. Just, Uh I don't even (laughs) hate, like- that doesn't, you don't need to comment Get on help. you don't like, I am a <laughs> bitch, like a bitch, good person, good person, but a bitch. I have never commented a mean thing on anyone's post ever. I just keep it moving. Do I think every salad looks good? Fuck no. But I don't need to go, <laughs> why would you put that in there? It's like, you're insane. You're an insane person. <laughs> I think when we talk about the way people are online being annoying is like not this person is using their platform wrong or this person isn't like meeting the moral standard that I've made up for them in my head. I think it's like there are people and Alyssa is nodding because I think our list of people- I get the moral standard people. Over, yeah, yeah, our our, our list of people that we find annoying online but cool in person, I think overlaps, Alyssa. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, But like the people that I think Megan might be referring to and correct me if I'm wrong, Megan, are like people who are just like, really fun to hang out with, but online just, like, tedious or, like, not interesting or, like, obnoxious. And it's like, why are you like this? Why why can't you type this? Like, just just be be the cool person. Um, And then there are some some people that are, like, really cool online, and you meet them in real life, and you're like, you're you're actually a lot. Yeah, you're and then you're like, oh, you're a personality curator because you've curated a fun one online. <laughs> and in, in person, <laughs> you just said, nah, not needed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super uh, interesting. Alyssa, I'm, I'm curious what you, I know you've met a lot of like celebrities and famous people, but are there people that you haven't met that you're like, I just know that they would be great and cool to hang out with? Who have I not met that I think would be in person, I think, I mean, honestly, in person, I think hanging out with Amy Klobuchar would be a lot of fun. Oh, um, really? So, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 100%. You think she, you, you think she likes no. a martini? What's her drink? I do. I'm, I just feel like a, a little, hot, little tater tot hot dish and a martini, a little bit of yeah. snow outside. You bundle up. I don't know. I just think it would be a good time. Yeah. She's still yeah. some tea for sure. The, yeah. the one person who I have not seen in almost 13. 30 years, who I'm sure is a good person, is Bernie Sanders. Like, I'm not saying he's the nicest. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that he's like, you're going to run up and give him a hug. But Mm -hmm. if some fucked up shit is happening, that is kind of who I want leading the morals charge. That's Mm -hmm. how I feel. Although I mean, not if there's a TikTok video being recorded in front of him. You know <laughs> what, though? That video. But you know what, though? Yes. It's one of the greatest things. And when they set it to the theme from Full House, it was 
even better. <laughs> We're going to have to link to this specific TikTok video and some ensuing memes yes, in our because I just have to tell notes. you, when I shared the video with my husband, he hadn't turned the music on. And I was like, no, 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 you have to listen with the music. And he does it. And he goes, did they like superimpose him in there? I'm like, no, that really happened. And we had a great <laughs> laugh about it. Oh, my God. Um, I think if I saw him in person, I would have to fight the urge. I wouldn't actually do this, but I would fight the urge to run up and hug him like I was a five-year-old seeing like a person no, in like an that's Oscar the, the Grouch costume. Like he was, he's my Oscar the Grouch as an adult. Yes. Oh, <laughs> totally. Wow. Shanta's holding you. up. Oh, wait, look. Yes. Oh my. So I, wow. I picked this up at the Star Trek convention last summer and it I is. I love it. You and I have just taken the mitten meme to, all, to other yes. levels. It is Borg, Mitten, Bernie sitting on a Borg <laughs> cube. Um, Amazing. This is, so this is what graces my my desk. Yes. <laughs> That's inspirational. Best. Grumpy Bernie um, is the best. Oh, he's an, he's a grumpy icon for sure. Um, Megan, who are your like parasocial, I know the celebrity is a good person type yeah. relationships? I mean, I think we all can agree Dolly Parton is up there. Yes. Um, oh, from good, the, yeah. Totally. From the sports world, and and this like really was difficult for me. Um, so I live in Los Angeles. He just left the Lakers and now is on the Clippers, and it's Russell Westbrook, and he's from here. And he did not have a great like time on the Lakers, but he's so good. Like I just I, like people have seen him out with his children, and they're like, he's a great dad. Once he I like congratulated him on something, and he like sincerely clutched his heart at me and was like, thank you. Like, you can just tell he's sincere and he does so much for the community. And so in the sports world, like people were, fans were booing him. Like, I, I feel like politicians are not typically exposing themselves to places where everyone hates them. But in <laughs> sports, you have to do that. And so mm -hmm. he was being booed so aggressively and Lakers fans were yelling such mean things to him that he stopped having his family come because he was like, mm. my son is so proud of our name. And everyone is saying Westbrook, like chanting Westbrook and booing me. And so I don't want to expose my child to mm. people being uh, making fun of me and our name. And it was like so heartbreaking to me. And it made me like hate Lakers fans, even though I'm living with one. But I, <laughs> I just could tell like... I, there's something about his smile that you feel it's really sincere and he doesn't give it. And like, he is an intense person, but I know in his core, he is returning shopping carts. Like, I just know it. <laughs> um, Giannis, that's how I feel about Giannis. Giannis on, oh, I mean, an angel, Thanasis, another angel. I love them, of course. Dwayne Wade. Course. Can we give a shout out to Dwayne Ra Wade before we yeah. wrap? Mm -hmm. Dwayne Ray Wade has a daughter who is trans who just was granted her legal name change, and he's been so publicly supportive of her. And it's just like, he's like a heartwarmingly good dad to her, and it's really sweet. I think we have to give Gabrielle Union like a ton of credit yes. there as mm -hmm. a stepmom who has just like stepped in and been like a fierce, like, I'm a mom, this is my daughter, and that's the end of the mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. I also, can I just say like, I guess the situation where this was someone where I wasn't necessarily expecting so much, and then when I actually met them, it was actually a huge game changer. Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Crusher on um, Star Trek The Next Generation, <laughs> um, 
I I met her at a convention one year and like introduced myself and got her signature. And then the next year, she remembered who I was. I went I went oh. up to say hi to her, and she asked me how things were going with the job search. And at that point, I was on the faculty market. I hadn't gotten a job, and I burst into tears. I just started crying like right in front of her, in front of everyone. Um, and she took my hand and talked with me about it for a couple of minutes and was oh. like, "You're gonna do this. You're gonna make it." She wrote in her autograph, like Shakespeare, you will be a great bard of the universe. This is the background on my phone. Mm. Wow. And she, the next year I went back, super excited to report to her that I had gotten a faculty position. And then she went on to like blurb my book. Um, And that was just like, you know, just a couple of minutes. It's a lot of emotional energy that these folks do. Um, But that was someone where I was like, I'm just going to like, you know, tell her that I'm a fan and get her autograph. And then she like went above and beyond. And I just have to like shout out Gates because I really, I looked at that autograph many times when I had moments of doubt in the ensuing, the following year. So shout out to Gates. so sweet. I think somebody who takes time to help a person out who they have n- nothing to gain from helping them out is like such a green flag. I think that is, mm-hmm. um, that's an amazing story. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about things that are keeping us sane or that are making us feel petty. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. And welcome back. No announcements for the class today. We're just going to get straight into Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty. I have a sort of petty, but it's serious. I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, it's kind of serious, but kind of petty. Okay. We need to stop using the passive voice when we're talking about things that men have done. And here's what kind of made me think about that today. 
So we talked about this last week on the show. We talked about a new CDC report that teen girls in America are really having a bad time. They're they're have they're experiencing depression. They're um, experiencing thoughts of self harm, um, and a lot of them are reporting having been uh, victimized, sexually assaulted, uh, harassed. Um, and I don't want to pick on the Washington Post here because this is, you know, every every single outlet kind of reports it like this. Um, but there was a post on uh, Washington Post Instagram this morning that was like, American teen girls are in crisis and it's getting worse. Um, and it's talking about all these girls have experienced trauma, but they're talking about the trauma as though it just sort of like is floating around and like attached to them rather than it was something that was done to them by somebody um, I really think that it's important to think about who is traumatizing teen girls, who is subjecting teen girls to abuse. It is not women. Uh, it's men. Adult men and teen boys are subjecting teen girls to trauma and abuse. And I think that we're not going to solve the problem until we actually identify who the perpetrators are of Abuse, And I think it was a Re Rebecca Solnit essay. I'm getting really, like, soapboxy here. But there was a Rebecca Solnit essay, I, I want to say, like, 15 years ago, called The Invisible Perpetrator that talked about this problem. Um, like, teen girls becoming pregnant. By who? We don't know. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. You know, teen girls experiencing sexual abuse. By who? Oh, who could it possibly be? We know who it is. We just are not saying. And I really think it's important for news outlets to say who is doing this to teen girls who's doing this and it just it drives me fucking nuts and especially now that I have a daughter myself I'm like just say who's doing it it's very like police involved shooting to me like we can't point to people in power inflicting harm on people who aren't in power the harm just happens to people who are disempowered and it drives me nuts and I want people to stop and that is what I'm feeling petty about this week. And it's not really that petty, but it kind of is because it's like one very specific thing about the way that the sentences are structured. But anyway, that's what I'm feeling petty about this week. Alyssa, Sanity Corner or I Feel Petty? Well, guys, it's a Sanity Corner for me because and the doctor on the panel may have thoughts on this. I don't know. But Christine Brown of Sister Wives fame has found love. <laughs> and I am. Wait, wait, wait. I missed this. Wait, oh, yes. Really? She revealed her new beau. He looks charming. He wow. loves her. They Much laugh. Excited. And so this literally means that everyone except for Sob and Robin is has left has left Cody <laughs> this Brown. This is petty, and by the way. This, I mean, <laughs> Sob and Robin. This is sanity penny, petty, right? But this this is, is, no, but mostly it's that Janelle... Christine, God bless Mary. She hung on for so long. But they are all <laughs> out there living their very best lives now. And the fact that Christine found love kind of quickly, I was like, go on with your bad self. So anyway, that was mine. I enjoyed it. I squealed like a pig when I saw it on people.com. And my sister simultaneously sent it to me. So you knew where the Master Monicos were coming down on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Shonda, what are you feeling this week? Petty or Sanity Corner? You know, I wasn't sure which one I was going to say until we, we got here. But I think I'm going <laughs> to pick Sanity Corner. Um, you know, as an academic, 
right now it feels like a pretty tough and scary political moment. We're seeing all of these attacks, um, particularly in Florida, but they're not going to stay in Florida on African-American studies, on women's and gender studies, on anything involving LGBTQI folks. Um, and so my sanity moment is I'm working with colleagues and particles for justice. We are actually, mm. I think by the time this podcast goes live, we will have a statement from physicists, mostly a group of theoretical physicists, um, against authoritarian silencing and primarily and broadly in support of African-American studies. And um, the presence of LGBTQI people like me everywhere and it is really heartening to be in conversation with people who are fighting the good fight. So that's keeping me sane because the shit is fucking stressful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is, uh, it's got to be incredibly stressful. And I can't believe they're trying to like cancel AP. Like, are they trying to make it so Florida students are going to be like the the like least informed kids in class like our college is just going to stop accepting kids from Florida I mean here's the thing is that like the college board is actually trash and should be gone it's <laughs> <laughs> like that's my petty comment is that there's like a whole separate issue which is that they're basically a private scam that's like leeching off of public education um, in a way that's actually deeply harmful to low-income students. So that's a whole, like, they're the people behind the SAT. They're just, they're making oodles of cash. They're technically a nonprofit, but they function like a for-profit. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. That's my petty comment on that note. <laughs> <laughs> you know who is also trash? The NCAA. And they've lost all of their power. They have no power anymore. And it's incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's been, to watch these... Fucking losers fall from grace. It brings me joy. Um, yeah, there was like, and, and we're getting a little bit, uh, we'll, we'll get back to you, Megan, in a second. Um, but there was like that Supreme Court hearing with the NCAA, like fighting for its life. And one thing that like observers noted was that the like NCAA had no concept of how weird the NCAA sounds to anybody who's like <laughs> trying to assess it as like something valuable and useful. Like their argument was like, yeah, but we're important. And the Supreme Court was like, no, you're not. No, you actually. invented yourself. You're you're Mormons. You're not real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Megan, Sorry, are Mormons. you? That's how I feel. <laughs> I mean, all religion, really, honestly. Um Megan, there. sanity corner or I feel petty? I think it's sanity. Um, my my bedroom is a mess and I'm not cleaning it up and I'm not going <laughs> to get to it. And there's not going to be a week where I'm like, yeah, this is, it's just, I have a baby. I have a job. I have to go places. So my hair needs to sometimes look okay. And so I just have laundry sitting in laundry baskets and, and, I'm, and I look at TikTok and these women have their homes in order and I'm not doing it. It's not decorated. There's just a humidifier sitting. I have a almost deflated balloon at the top of my ceiling, just piles of stuff. It's, and I don't care and, and it's fine. And I don't feel, um, 
stressed about it. I'm able to sleep soundly. My mom said, you know, I heard if your bedside table is messy, it will affect your sleep. Not me. Sleeping <laughs> right on through the night and I got shit everywhere and I don't feel bad. You should tell your Good mom you. it's an important part of your nest. You're like, I'm building yeah. a nest, mother. These are <laughs> these are parts of that. Um, yeah, mom, great. I need my old deodorant there. Okay. That helps. <laughs> that's a home to me. Oh, man. That is uh, I wish that I could. I'm going to take inspiration from your attitude, Megan, because I am stressed when my counter has too many crumbs on it. I'm like, I'm a terrible mom. Um, even though I know it's not true, my anxiety tells me that it is. Anxiety lies. Turn it off. It don't I matter. I know, I know, I know. Okay, that is all the time we have for this week's episode. Megan, thank you so much for coming by. Dr. Chanda Prescott-Weinstein, thank you so much for coming by. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die. And listeners, all of you, thank you so much for tuning in this week and all weeks. And we will be back again next Thursday. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. 